yes, yes, yes. Here we go. Live back in action, streaming through your internet on Anchor Radio, presented by the Sports Column. This is the Rufus Sports Podcast. My name is Jason Fearman. You can find me on Twitter at SportsProfit1. And today, joining me is an excellent radio host himself, the owner and founder of BS3 Radio, podcast station about sports, music, and life, Mr. Ben Sutterth. The third is with me today, Ben it's an absolute pleasure to have you joining me this early Saturday afternoon. How are you going? How's things going with you? How are you kicking off your weekend so far? Man, it's going great. Going great. I'm excited to be on the show. Uh, first time on the show and excited to, to get right into the topic. No doubt, man. I'm sure it won't be the last time. It's really a pleasure having you on. I'm glad you could take out a few minutes for me today. So it's great. It's great. And yeah, without wasting any time, guys, look, you want to hear the football. We want to talk about the football. we got a lot going on. It's only week two, but still, we're jam-packed with action over here. Things are happening left and right. we got quarterbacks having kissing diseases from high school. We have more sagas going around the Patriots with Antonio Brown. Things all over the place. So we're going to jump around a lot, guys. But where I wanted to start with you, Ben, is with Melvin Gordon, who's continuing his holdout, obviously, and he may not be coming till maybe week eight, week 10. A lot of it has to do with contract and contingency, so he can be a free agent and whatnot. But as soon as he held out in the beginning, pulling a Zeke or, you know, a Le'Veon Bell, whatever you want to call it, Ben, I got to be honest, bro, I laughed. I laughed hysterically, not at Melvin Gordon. He's a very good player, but he's not on that level, in my opinion. So the Chargers were... Like I said, they were laughing themselves like, OK, you want to sit out? No problem. We got Eckler. You know, we got Jackson who we're trying to bring along over here and they're predominantly a passing team. So me, I'm not giving this guy money. No way, no how. What's your thoughts about him? Does he deserve it? If you're the Chargers, would you pay him? What's your position on this? Yeah, so for me, I, I've never really been in on uh, paying Melvin Gordon because if you compare him to Zeke, to me, he's not comparable. I think he is a good back, and I think he is in a second-tier category, and I think he doesn't add up to Le'Veon. He doesn't add up to Todd Gurley, and he doesn't add up to Zeke. And, and a prime example of that is if you look at how the Chargers handled that whole thing, and you have his own quarterback saying, well, we got other guys on the roster. If your quarterback's not willing to speak up for you, to me, that's a clear-cut reason. Uh, that the Chargers are not going to be willing to pay him whatever it is he wants. And then even furthermore, you look at uh, Edward from this weekend, uh, from last weekend, with three, three touchdowns. It's not that the, the conversation around the board is getting worse and worse. Um, and history can, can win a batch, don't work. And then Todd Gurley is a, is a prime example of that now. And for advantage, it's been a, we're only in week two, we're only in week three. Right, exactly. We don't know. And, you know, Le'Veon Bell already feeling – he's going to play this Monday night against the Browns, but him already feeling a little bit banged up. And that just goes with the running back position in general. And we've been watching it for years, my friends, how these guys – their first – their best years running backs are their first four to six tops. And then they start tailing off unless you're, you know, an Adrian Peterson, a Barry Sanders who retired early. There's only few and far between these guys. And, again, especially if you're giving them over 300 carries a year, I mean, give me a freaking break. So – Again, Melvin Gordon, very good player. I'm with you. He's on that second tier to me. If I'm the Chargers, no way I'm giving him the money. Like I said, more of a passing team anyway. And they have other areas they got to fix. They got really banged up, too, with injuries, the Chargers. One of the teams I thought would take a step back this year. Phillip Rivers now getting a bit older. 
But yeah, that whole Melvin Gordon thing, um, we'll see as he continues his holdout. Zeke, we know, got paid. Zeke Elliott from Dallas Cowboys. They looked really good in week one. How could you not against the New York Giants? But um, even him, he only got, what, 13 carries, I think, last week, and they crushed New York. Which brings me to Dak Prescott and how much money he may be getting paid in the future. We know that Dallas is going to pay him. They've been shelling out a lot of money already in the beginning of this year to Lyle Collins and Jalen Smith. Obviously, Zeke going to have to probably pay Cooper. And now Dak. I mean, where do you put him in that category? Because, you know, Ben, they always say the next guy up makes the most money regardless of how good or great he may be. So if you're Dallas, are you paying this man? I think you are paying. I think they are going to pay back. But it's a matter of what the number is. And I think the contract is going to have to be um, player-friendly and team-friendly. If you look at the Z contract, the last two years of the contract, is not actually, that's not actually guaranteed. So that 50 is basically for, you know, the first half of it. But I think... Especially the way Dak performed week one, I don't think the Cowboys are going to allow this to go throughout the entire season because the stock is only is only going to rise. Dak is only going to have more of a conversation and more of an argument to say, "Pay me what what I feel like I should be paid." I don't think he's in the in the category of Russell Wilson. I don't. I don't think he's in the category of Aaron Rodgers. I put him again in that second tier, but I think. Uh, what he what he does for this organization as a whole, um, and you know that you're going to have Zeke, and you know that Dak and Zeke work well together. Would you truly want to bring somebody else in here? And I know the Cowboys don't do that, so they're going to pay Dak. It's just about what number is going to be, and because uh, Jerry's already looking his chops right now, trying to figure out how they're going to pay him. They're talking, they're having contract talks probably as we speak. So if it's going to happen, I think it's just a matter of what. What that number is going to be, and what's going to be guaranteed? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, he'll probably even get more guaranteed money than Goff, who I think got 110 or 100 million guaranteed with the new deal that he signed in an extension. So, look, I'm with you. I w- I don't want to break this team up if I'm the Dallas Cowboys. No way, no how. They look too good. They even almost had the Rams last year in that playoff game uh, down in L.A. So Dak obviously is a better quarterback with Zeke in there with that offensive line. But who wouldn't be? Of course, I don't want to call Dak. Um, you know, a, a a system quarterback, I don't really believe that he is. He's actually growing on me more and more. When I was watching him late last year and going into the playoffs, I saw him take more control of the team. And that did surprise me. I really didn't think that he had that in him, but he seems to be more of a leader now. Yeah, you got to pay the guy how much per year, how much guaranteed, whatever. But I do agree. You got to keep that. You got to keep those guys there and especially that line. They are built to win now, and that's why Jerry is selling, is dishing out money now. Plus, he doesn't know, God forbid, how much longer he's got left on this earth. He's got to see another Super Bowl team, this man. You know, so I, you know, I don't blame him for doing what he's doing now. And yeah, the Cowboys are definitely a contender. There's no question about it. If they can stay healthy, I can see them going deep into the playoffs. You know, do you have them as winning the division, or you think the Eagles got them? I got them winning the division. You do. Um, I hate to say this, I don't want to be the guy that that, that predicts somebody who's going to get hurt. But Carson Wentz hasn't been healthy uh, his entire career except one year. So the writing's going to kind of be on the wall. you got to watch Carson Wentz if he gets hurt if he doesn't. But I have the Cowboys winning uh, the division. Um, I think they're going to go further than what they did last year. And you're right, this team is in a win-now uh, situation. Jerry Jones doesn't have that much longer. Uh, to, to be uh, the owner and have all his, his hands all in with this team. I think he realizes that. 
that's why he's so passionate about trying to get all these guys in. But uh, with all that long answer, uh, I do have them winning the division, and I think they'll go to the to the championship game this year. The championship game, I'm talking about NFC championship game or bus for them definitely this year and for the coach too. Yeah, yeah, and that's a great point about Jason Garrett. You know, how much longer do you go with him? Because he's been there, obviously, he's a lifelong Dallas Cowboy, and the coaching thing has been up and down. But, of course, they've been better over the past few years, and that's mostly attributed to Zeke Elliott and that offensive line, no doubt about it. So, yeah, we'll see. I actually have them going to the NFC Championship uh, myself. I don't know if you want to give it away, but I'll say mine. I've already written the article about it. I think the Minnesota Vikings are just going to be absolutely a team to be reckoned with this year. They were my preseason Super Bowl pick. I think they're going to meet up with the Vikings in the NFC Championship. And I wouldn't be surprised if Dallas beat them if they're healthy. But I look at the Vikings. We're going to get into them a little bit. I just want to get your thoughts real quick in that division. Minnesota obviously taking that big step back last year, going from the NFC Championship to not making the playoffs, despite Kirk Cousins putting up those numbers. Do you think that they're going to – come back to where they were in 2017, or are they more of what they were last year? I think they're going to be more of what they were last year. Um, Kirk Cousins, to me, is one of, those, one of those quarterbacks that I don't really trust. I don't think he is he's able to make those those plays when you need him. I do like their defense. I do like Dalvin Cook. If Dalvin Cook is healthy, I think they definitely have a chance to make some noise this year. But I'm just not all in on, on Cousins. I do think we could see, um, we could definitely see the Rams again. Um, the Saints aren't really going anywhere. Those are a couple other teams you can look at. You got to think of the, the Packers with Aaron Rodgers coming into another year. Yes. Uh, he is getting older, but Aaron Rodgers definitely, you can, you can look at him uh, and the Packers as well. But um, yeah, I'm not I'm not fully sold on, on the Vikings, especially with what covers. All right. Hey, I hear you, man. Look, I, I honestly, I'm totally sold on them. I think that last year was just, just a hiccup, you know, bringing a new quarterback in. Sometimes things take a little bit to get going. And you mentioned Dalvin Cook. He's a phenomenal runner. If anybody watched the game last week, I mean, that guy is not only a speedster, but he'll knock you straight out. So, you know, kind of like Derrick Henry built type running back. So if he can stay healthy, then I, I really do. I see huge things. You got Adam Thielen on the outside, even Rudolph, a good tight end. Stefan Diggs, I love. He don't doesn't get talked about that much. So I, I really do. I love this team all around. I hear you want Kirk Cousins. He's not the guy to say, yeah, let's plug him in and play and let's go and rock and roll. But I think that the team is good enough around him, almost like a Dak Prescott kind of thing. I don't compare them exactly, but the teams are good enough around them where I think something can happen. Now, you mentioned the Packers, too. Now, they play each other this weekend. We're going to talk about that game in a few minutes with, in our Pick 6 segment. But the Vikings are visiting the Packers. They're both 1-0. So I think that's going to be a great game. And I do agree with you on Green Bay. I do have them as a wild card team this year. I think they take a big step up. I know it was only 10-3 against Chicago last week. But if you want to take anything away from that game, Ben, it's their defense. I know it's Chicago's offense. I get it. But you hold them to three points in Soldier Field. I think that speaks volumes about where this team is actually headed with, like you said, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and uh, even Aaron Jones at running back. So I like them a lot. Yeah, and... You know, Rodgers is one of those quarterbacks you cannot count out. It doesn't even matter who's really around him offensively because he hasn't really had, I think, like a Pro Bowl running back. I can't even remember when the last time you could say, man, that running back for the for the Packers is, is a real deal. Yeah, you got to go back to like Ryan Grant in like 2000. Forget it. It's a long time. You're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, real quick, let me throw this in there, Seattle. 
Seattle really hasn't gotten worse. Russell Wilson is another year in. They have Stavion Crowley. The running back situation, which is kind of like by committee, uh, the defense is not nearly what it used to be. But but still, this is a well-coached team, and anything with Russell Wilson is definitely a possibility. So, you know, you got it's kind of up for grabs, I think, um, when it comes to the, the NFC. All right, I like it. I like it. I'm, I'm a huge, Russell Wilson made my favorite player in the game, which is almost sacrilegious as a 49ers fan to say. But I absolutely love that guy on and off the field. He's just one of my favorites out there. Such a great stand-up guy. But it, that doesn't scare you a little bit. Looking at Seattle, I know it's only Week One, but to almost lose to the Cincinnati freaking Bengals, who people think are going to be one of the top, uh, the lowest three uh, teams in the league, almost losing to them at home, that doesn't scare you at all. You just think it's Week One. I think it's week one. I mean, I think we, the way the Browns, and, and, you know, 10 points, the way the Steelers performed, and, with, and the way the Browns lost. Uh, I think I'm going to top it up as a week one. Now, if we're going into, like, week eight, and they have, they have a losing record, uh, that I, you know, we can definitely uh, But I think it's a week one type thing. All right, yeah, we'll see. You know, obviously no more Doug Baldwin there. Um, You know, Lock, Tyler Lockett's really coming to his own over there. I really like that kid a lot. So they're a nice connection. Yeah, we'll see. Russell Wilson, when he has a ball in his hand, it's very hard to count them out. And getting clowny might have been one of their biggest moves of the entire offseason, even though it was basically going into the in-season. If he can really fit in over there and, you know, get double-digit sacks and make those um, tackles behind the line of scrimmage, that'll be fantastic for him. Because you're right, the defense is not what it used to be. Certainly not in the secondary. So if they're going to be any better, it's that front seven that's going to have to do it. Moving on a little bit, um, we're, like I said, we're getting that pick six. I got another segment I want to do with you, but um, got hit on Antonio Brown real quick. We were talking for a minute off air uh, before we got on, and Antonio Brown, again, the saga continues. Now he's not placing the commissioner's exemplist. He is likely to play tomorrow for the Patriots in Miami. My question to you is, and I'm going back and forth this in my head, I'm pretty sure I got my answer, but is he going to be more of like the Randy Moss when Randy Moss came into New England he fell in line after having a little bit of hard times in Minnesota and whatnot in Oakland. He fell right in line with New England, broke all of Cherry Rice's records and Tom Brady breaking those records and whatnot. They had a phenomenal year, obviously 18-1. and one, We know what happened, losing the Giants at the end. Still to this day, I cannot believe that that happened. They went all year long undefeated, losing in the Super Bowl to the Giants. But, um, yeah, Randy Moss, he did his thing, and everything worked out for that one year especially. But they've tried it with other guys like Chad Johnson, for example, where he came and went. Right now they're doing it with Josh Gordon, and they're somewhere in the middle with him. Josh Gordon, I'm really rooting for. I hope things work out. But do you think that Antonio Brown is going to be more of like a whisper in the wind, like a Chad Ochocinco? Or is he going to make plays like Randy Morse or even been somewhere in between? Because we know the Patriots offense doesn't revolve it around one player. So what are your thoughts? My, my thoughts on this is I think I think it's going to be more so Randy Moss. Uh, and AD, to me, is one of those guys that wants the ball. He wants the ball. He wants an opportunity to score. He wants to get to the end zone and do his celebration. Uh, that's, to me, that's what like, his whole life is about. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, he wants the money, too. But I think Tom Brady's going to be able to get the ball to him, so that's not going to be an issue. He's going to be on a team. Well, the mindset is different, and I think he's going to be able to conform to what the Patriots' way is. So I'm leaning more towards Randy Moss, and I think he's going to get the ball so much that uh, we're not even going to be talking about it. Um, 
You know, I got to be honest, I kind of disagree with you just because of his attitude. And uh, yeah, okay, Randy Moss had the same, not the same kind of attitude, but you know, that maybe diva type you want to call it. I just, I'm not really sure it's going to work out in there for him, New England. Um, I think he's going to take the field tomorrow. That's what it all seems like. I, look, how many plays he's going to be in, I don't know. They certainly need to practice. And he was at the TB12 facility. Look, if he puts in the work, he's that great of a receiver where it definitely can work out. But you mentioned a key thing. He wants the ball. He wants the ball. Give me the ball. I'm going to make every play. And he's very capable of doing that. But that's not the Patriot way. They give the ball to everybody, you know, whether it's Edelman, the 17 running backs they have between Michelle Burkhead, James White. Josh Gordon is obviously coming along better now. He had a very good week one. So that's where I stand, you know, just to get in that little debate with you real quick. That's where I, that's where that diva part, he has to completely drop that and forget it because it's not going to work in New England. And these YouTube videos or Instagram things that he keeps doing, I don't know if that's going to go on longer either. That's where that's where I'm caught in the middle. Can he conform to this new team, or are they going to kind of conform to him? So you're saying what, what I'm hearing you saying is that we're not even going to really be thinking about this much later on in the season because you believe that he will fall in line and be that great player like Randy Moss was. Yeah, I, I believe he will fall in line. But I, I think also – for the way this whole thing turned out, if you if we were wide back, he was supposed to be going to the Bills, that didn't work out. Then he goes to the Raiders, he's there, he's excited, everything's going well. Then he gets released. For all of this to happen, you end up on the Patriots. I just hope that his mindset is on whatever they want me to do, I'm going to do it. Because if it's not, then you're probably right. It, this could be a complete and absolute failure. And then we end up finding out where is he going to go next. But I just think everything that he had to put in to get here, to get to the Patriots, was uh, I don't know, I don't know how it exactly happened, but I'm sure there was <laughs> some backdoor situations going on. Right. But for him to end up here, I, I just a logical person should be like, okay, I made it to this this ideal quote unquote destination spot, rocking with a Super Bowl. I just hope that that's what his mindset's going to be. But you never know. It's Antonio Brown. Yeah, absolutely right. And look, I, I I hope that things work out from a football and as, as a person perspective, he's not a bad guy. We'll see what happens with these allegations and whatnot. I'm not going to say a word until we have more proof or whatever. So I'm staying away from that at the moment. But so they're going to put him on the field. We'll see what happens week two. But going forward, yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be something to be watched. And we will be watching it as long as he remains a Patriot. So definitely looking forward to it. We'll see if he can he can fall in. All right, so moving along, my friend, we got a couple more things I want to get into with you. Hopefully, we have enough time to do it. One segment I want to get into real quick is can't afford it, and that's teams going 0 for 0 and 2 um, coming up this weekend, and it's very early in the season. But you know, the percentages do say that if you go 0 and 2, it's only 11 percent of teams have made even the playoffs. So, yeah, not everybody's going to be the Dallas Cowboys in 1993 and get Emmitt Smith coming in behind that line, and they can start 0 and 2 and go win a Super Bowl, no problem. So a matchup this week where at least one of the teams are going to go 0-2 unless they tie is the Jaguars and the Texans. The Jags, they lost Nick Foles for maybe the whole season. We'll see what happens. The Texans, they look great on that Monday night game. Um, Deshaun Watson, I'm a, I love this kid, man. Ben, I love him. He's great. 
but they can't protect him. It is killing me to watch this guy go on the ground every other play when he's so good. He's going to get destroyed. It's driving me nuts. But which team do you – both teams were considered playoff borderline teams by many going into the season. So which do you think the Jags or the Texans can absolutely not afford to go 0-2? I think the Texans cannot afford to go 0-2 uh, because I think they are uh, – they they're led by a very young quarterback, and I think you know, their, their psyche is going to be depending on how their season goes. Um, they, they've had a rocky – uh, they have rocky up and down season, but the minute that I think they start to lose confidence, if it happens too soon, then that can definitely affect their season. The Jaguars, I think, at this point, um, are pretty much done. So I don't think it matters <laughs> if they go <laughs> only two. I, well, I'm, I'm interested to see what Garner Minshew, uh, who didn't have a horrible game, you know, being called on last minute with uh, with the way Foles went down. But uh, he's not coming back till week 11, and that's only the prediction. I don't see the Jags going anywhere, but I think this is important for the Texans' um, psyche and also for them to be able to, to not be in that percentage and to hear people talk about them and say, you only got this percentage of a chance. You know, they're going to hear that. So they, they're going to – it's more so important, I think, for the Texans. But to agree with what you just said on on Watson, like it, it is every single play this kid's getting off the ground. He's got back issues already. I think it reportedly had a shoulder issue. Like they, they need to protect the kid. I don't know what it is they need to do, but they need to build on that offensive line. They need to be their focus. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I know they traded for uh, for Tunsil, so we'll see what that adds up to throughout the rest of the season. But right, definitely, they can't afford it. You know, and I agree with you 100 percent for every single reason that you said, especially the one looking at Jacksonville now. Yeah, they, uh, not many people are expecting things out of him now because Nick Foles went down and, you know, getting beat up by Kansas City. But a lot of teams are probably going to get beat up by Kansas City. But I agree with you 100 percent on that one. For me, it's the Texans. Um, well, yeah, from a psych, uh, psychic point, uh, psych, listen, it's psychedelic um, from a psychic point of view and also from, um, you know, again, going one and one as opposed to oh and two. And I think they will take that game. One more of can't afford it. Bears and Broncos. Both teams, um, potential playoff teams, the Bears were excellent last year, but they lose their head coach Vic Fangio to the Broncos, who they're playing this weekend in Denver. I got to be honest, Ben. I thought, and again, it's only week one. I did not expect the Broncos to lose to the Raiders, and I thought the Broncos were going to be a much better team with Fangio coming in there, shoring up that already very stout defense, borderline great defense, making them great. And Joe Flacco, who's, you know, he's not going to scare anybody, but come in there and manage the game. Let's score 24 points a game. Let's run the ball. Let's not turn it over. And I thought that Denver is going to be that type of team. Again, week one, losing to Oakland. It's week one, like the Seattle game, so we'll see. But to me, they can't afford to go 0-2, especially in that division. And you can say the same thing, I guess, about the Bears in the NFC North. So where are you going? Bears versus Broncos in mile high this weekend, both 0-1. Who can't afford it? I'm going to say the Bears. I think the Bears can't afford it. Uh, this team has a very stacked roster on defense and on offense. And I think they can't afford to go on two uh, because they they should not be. They should not be on two uh, just for what they have. And, again, that's another situation similar to what we just talked about uh, with the Texans is with their psyche, and I don't know if they can truly bounce back. Um, now, if you look on the other side with the Broncos, 
there, I think this is going to be a rocky year for them. Flacco coming in the first year, they would have drafted Drew Locke early, and they're going to be calling for his name eventually. Um, but Broncos' defense is definitely there. I just think with a new coach, with a new quarterback, I think they're going to they're going to probably be average eight and eight, seven and nine, somewhere around in that. But the, the Bears, they have their horizons on on something greater. Especially, like I said, with their defense, uh, Mitch Trubisky going into this year. Uh, so I think the Bears can't afford to go on to, especially in that division, because they're all going to be fighting. But, you know, for a spot, all of those teams in that division, uh, probably say minus but, uh, the Lions, but those those teams, the Bears, the Vikings, and the Packers, they're all going to be fighting. So you need every win possible when you're in that division. You can't afford to go down on to. Definitely agree. That's a good one right there. No doubt about it. No doubt. All right, so we got the can't afford. I want to do um, the pick six segment. We'll kind of go through it quickly. Um, hey, I've been having a great time. <laughs> love talking to you, man. I wish that we can do this all day. I just absolutely love it. And I want to give t- a couple of minutes at the end so everybody can know where to go to find your show because it is fantastic. But let's roll through our pick six real quick. Pick six, six games. We're going to pick them real fast. Let's see who we got. We're going head-to-head this weekend, me and you, Ben. We were just talking about the Vikings and the Packers and the Bears. Like we mentioned before, Vikings had Packers in Green Bay this weekend. Who do you got? I got Packers. Yep. I got Packers, too. I think because in Green Bay, um, yeah, the weather element's really not going to kick in right now. But I agree with you. I like the Packers with that nice start. Um, yeah, that, I think that they need this game also more than the Vikings, especially because they're at home. So I'll, I'll go with you on that when I'm going Green Bay. We talked about Seattle and uh, their 1-0 start and the Steelers, who we didn't mention yet, who got demolished by an Antonio Brown-less New England Patriots team, which led people to say, well, what do they even want Antonio Brown for? But, I mean, come on, that guy's got skill crazy. So, Seals coming in to visit the Steelers flying across across country. You give him a shot to beat Pittsburgh? I do give him a shot to beat, beat Pittsburgh, and I'm going to go with Seattle. I think uh, Pittsburgh is not the same team. It's all on Juju. It's all on Juju's shoulders. So, that's what, that's what he wanted. That's what the team wanted. And now we, we can see if he can live it up to it. But we're on with Seattle. All right. All right. Going with Seattle. Next one, we got another. Uh, we got a division game here with the Cowboys at the Redskins. It's in Washington, D.C. Uh, Cowboys have been talking a lot. Stack team, no doubt about it. Going into Washington. Look, divisional games are always different. But I'm not sold on anything with the Redskins at all. I'm looking forward to seeing Dwayne Haskins get in there. And until that happens... I don't see anything really good happening with Washington. They look good for about a half last week against the Eagles, and then the Eagles flew all over them. So I'm going with the Cowboys, Ben. Yeah, I believe this will be Cowboys. I don't see anything that the Reds can be able to bring up again. Cowboys. The only interesting thing about this game is how many yards Adrian Peterson has. Yeah, yeah. I can't. I can't wait to see it. I love it. another guy. I just I love Adrian Peterson, who can come back from a torn ACL like that and run for two thousand yards. Unbelievable. So we'll see. Um, not a marquee game, but an interesting one, especially because of the quarterback situation. Arizona Cardinals going into Baltimore to play the Ravens, who beat the ever-loving you-know-what out of Miami last week. And a lot of teams are probably going to do that. Kyla Murray didn't do much for three quarters, but then he lit it up against Detroit. They ended up tying that game. The Ravens looked really solid, obviously. Cardinals at Ravens. Who you got? Uh, I got Ravens. Uh, to me, that's an easy pick. Kyle Murray is going to be going to some growing games. And Lamar Jackson is the truth, like we, like we thought he was. Yeah, 
Yeah, I want to see more out of him. I can't wait. You know, now that he's going to start throwing the ball more, I really can't wait to see what this offense can become. No doubt about it. Saints at Rams. Oh, my God. NFC Championship rematch. Take it away, Ben. Man, this one is hard. This one is hard for me. But I'm going to go with the Saints. I'm going with the Saints. I think they, uh, who that nation is going to take care of business. And we'll see, uh, you know, Brees throw for Yeah, yeah. I think the Saints are more of a complete team than the Rams this year. I kind of both going to the playoffs for sure. But, yeah, I think the Saints, the Saints are more complete at this moment. So I'm going to roll with you on that one. Our last pick six, Eagles at Falcons. Falcons, they really can't afford to go 0-2, in my opinion. They need this game bad. But in comes Philly. At 1 0, who you got? I got Philly. As much as I hate to say it, not an Eagles fan, but I got Philly. Um, I got Carson Wentz and, and that defense. Yeah, they're, they're used to going in there and playing some football now, the Eagles. They know what it's like to play in Atlanta. So that one will be a tough one. I think Atlanta needs to gain so much, they may squeak it out by a field goal at the end. But we will see. Ben. I wish the show wasn't over, man. It's been so great talking to you. Please let everybody know where they can find you, when they can find you, and how they can listen to you. Definitely. And I appreciate you for having me on. I enjoyed it. I'm definitely down to do this again whenever we can link up together. Definitely. Uh, so it's BS, uh, BS3 Radio, all avenues of social media, at ES, the number three radio. Uh, you can hear the show wherever podcasts are listened to. The main station is on Spreaker.com. Backslash BS3 Radio. We got great shows on the network. Myself, everybody of the Eagles specific show, and we have ES3 Minutes Pieces, the spiritual life show. So make sure to check all the shows out and make sure to follow on social media. Absolutely. Hey, uh, look, I do. Guys, listen out there. Follow. Trust me. Great content. Great stuff going on all the time from these guys. Ben, again, such a pleasure having you on, my friend. We got to do it again. I love talking football, and you know what you're talking about. So, again, I love debating and conversating with guys like you. So, again, I thank you so much for coming on the show, my friend. We'll do it again, and you have a beautiful weekend, brother. Yeah, you too. Thank you. All right, my friend. We will talk soon. All right, that's the Root for Sports podcast wrapping up over here on this Saturday early afternoon edition. We shall be back coming up this week, looking into week three, but we got week two first of all. Again, Ben, thank you so much. That guy knows his stuff, man. BS3 Radio doing a fantastic job there. Make sure you check it out. Rufus Sports Podcast over for today. So I'm going to go enjoy some, uh, some downtime right now. You guys, I'll see you later.